Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, hello, welcome to the next episode of the Challenger Tip Podcast, obviously joined by my friend Jakub, and we're going to talk about two events that happened, preview five of them, but also Wimbledon qualifying. Let's briefly mention our predictions, what, what happened there in general, and we also have this usual draft big game, but we'll get to that later. So yeah, let's get to Wimbledon qualifying, I suppose. Yeah, we finished all square at 3-all. It was worse than usual from... <laughs> <laughs> from from both of us uh but to be fair i feel like we we came close on a good few of them i feel like you came close on a lot more than i, mean, I had than nine I guys in the final round and i ended up with three picks correct so that's, that's very impressed good. very mad uh but yeah let's start with the first section where we both picked yunjing shang it ended up being Matteo arnaldi who beat shang in a tight first round qualifying match. And then from there, he just sort of walked it, beat Ferreira Silva 7-5, 6-4, in the last round. Uh, yeah, what did you make of Arnaldi as he now potentially faces Holger Runa in the second round, right? Not so much that I really want to see. And I think it would be very tough to, for Runa. Uh, you know, we knew that this was going to be the toughest qualifying section, like in terms of the toughest opening round, let's say. Arnaldi, Shank, probably two of the best players in the field. We knew that the, the winner of this was very likely to progress. That's what happened. It, we just picked the wrong winner. But Shang was up a set and a break. So, you know, it, in a way, he kind of blew it. But, you know, Arnaldi deserves it and clearly has a chance of playing well on the grass. Uh, and in that second section, we uh, both missed. I had Vavasori, you had Kokinakis. So we both lost our picks in the opening round. But, you know, this was also one of the more um, competitive ones, right? And Oscar Otte ended up prevailing. So that's that's an amazing round for him. Especially yeah, looking given back, not the a year, massive right? surprise. Him, him yeah. or Paul Manz in the final qualifying round both felt like players who could have made it through. In the third section, I went for Imer, you went for Marojan, and you came very, very close as he lost in a massive five-set battle, fighting bad from two sets to left down, only to lose 7-5 in the third. All sets super close, and it was to Maximilian Marterer, uh, who, of course, is, you know, an experienced player, a player with a lot of experience on grass. So not a massive surprise, but a good showing for Marojan still for his first grass event. Yeah, um, I think Mar Marterer also qualified in 2022, I think also in 2018. So maybe not a massive surprise. I did definitely, um, I, I think I was definitely right about Maroshan just being really good on grass from the get-go. Uh, it's just that, you know, he turned it around beautifully in that final set, uh, in the in the final round. He uh, even was uh, up a break in the deciding set. Um, just didn't close it out. Hopefully he still gets in because he is the next in line. And I think he really could shake things up in uh, some spot in the draw. Whereas maybe, you know, Michael Moe or Taro Daniel, who have already gotten in from the lucky loser draw, they are not as dangerous. 
And in that uh, fourth section, I mean, no one could have predicted this. Kimer Kopejans, who was zero and eight on grass before this year. Who wasn't he... even going to play grass unless Liam, until Liam Brody persuaded oh, yeah. him to, uh, which is an insane story. He was going to skip it altogether. Zero and, and eight the... on grass. Absolute, absolutely uh, incredible, you know, to beat Bergs, who was both, uh, for, for both of us, he was our pick. And yeah, I mean, Skatov, Daniel, maybe not, not such amazing wins uh, besides that one against Bergs, but, you know, zero and eight on grass before this week. So yeah, just, just impre- uh, unpredictable, com- you know, to, to the fullest extent. Yeah. In section five, we both cashed in with Radu Albot, uh, sort of coming through a bit of a weaker section there, but still had to beat Melijani Alves uh, in four sets in the final qualifying round. So we will see him in the main draw against Shapovalov. Yeah, funnily enough, he um, even commented on my uh, Twitter thread about the qualifiers that, you know, the, the description for Al- for uh, the ninth uh, qualifier, because I think he was ninth, uh, you know, the ninth person to qualify. Um, he could have been a bit better because he kind of didn't like, I mean, didn't like, I think he was joking a bit, but I made a comment about him always getting the best draws. But like, that's the case, right? I mean, it happens time and time again. You, you have to say it. it, it it's awkward when, exactly. when the player like, sees I mean, that, but you have to still, say it if it's true. He still comes through. He he actually takes advantage. And I, I think that's that's still something that we can definitely applaud him for. Tough challenge from Johannes Mande, and he managed it. And in the se- sixth section, we both had Artur Cazor, who was a Pretty big disappointment, I would say, losing to Julio Zapieri. It ended up being a rematch for Ron Garros qualities between Thomas Mahac and Lucas P- Luca Puy, but unfortunately Puy got injured and had to pull out despite being up a set. Yeah, Mahac plays Nori in the main draw, but yeah, real shame for, for Luca Puy. In the next section, we both uh, went for Gabriel Diallo, whiffed on that one as well, unfortunately, and ended up being Harold Mayo, who I wasn't on my radar as a grass court player at all, but it ended up being a bit of a bit of a shit show of a section. He played Gigante in the last round. It was a bit weird. Yeah, the main two contenders, Duckworth and Diallo, both both lost in the second round. And like Mayo had zero issues going through this section, which is pretty impressive. I don't think he's the one of the most dangerous qualifiers, but he definitely showed uh, something that we did not expect. And in that eighth section, we had one of our three, no, sorry, four matchups between our picks in the final qualifying round. It was Yusuke Watanuki against Denis Novak, and Denis Novak ended up beating him in four sets. Uh, I think we even said that it's like not the best matchup for Watanuki potentially. Uh, maybe just a bit, you know, the, the ball is to be a bit too big from, from coming in from Novak and like the, the return issues that Watanuki has. But you know, both players are are in the main draw. So, yeah, uh, in that next section, we uh, you went for Hijikata, I went for Air Bear. It ended up being, of course, Tomas Barrios Vera beating Chiago Sebosfield in five sets. Uh, yeah, Barrios Vera coming through pretty well on, on grass. He now gets a pretty good draw against Baez. Good chance for him. Yeah, yeah, not the first time he's done it too. Uh, he qualified 2021, I think, beating Mike Schrack in the final qualifying round. Also made it at the Australian Open. But, you know, for a clay specialist, such a aggressive, flat-hitting game, 
it makes sense. And in the 10th section, we had another matchup between our peaks in the final round. It was Stryker against Pellucci, and I ended up getting the point for Stryker. Honestly, super proud of Stryker, like in this event. Um, we've been talking about him every single qualifying, uh, saying that he has a great draw, but he's probably going to waste it. Usually he did. And this time he was just, you know, class from beginning to end. Um, no, re there, there wasn't really any point where you would think that he is about to screw it up. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had, I had Yuri Rodinov, you had Otto Vitan, and it ended up being Heis Brauer coming through and eating both of our lunches. Beating Vitan in straight sets was, I mean, that, that that's a great achievement, especially in sets like that, 6-4, Plays Alexander Zverev could be potentially tricky, I think, for, for Zverev in that first round as well. Yeah, Brauer was coming in on a nine-match losing streak, uh, and yet he does this. Of course, he had a great grass, grass season in 2022, but yeah, the way he just completely outplayed Rodionov and Virtanen uh, was definitely something quite impressive. Uh, we thought that was like a two-way race, and suddenly a third contender popped up. And in that 12-1, we both had Kudla uh, before the final qualies round. I thought that we were definitely going to make it, as Shimabukuro was not looking quite as dangerous as I thought maybe be at the beginning. But actually, it was the Japanese who managed to take out Kudla in three sets. So Kudla, the, the great grass court legend, will not be at Wimbledon this year. Not in the main draw, at least. Yeah, it's a real shame. Uh, and also, such a surprising loss in straight sets to Shimabukuro yeah. in the last round. Wasn't seeing that coming at all. Uh, next section, we had our uh, picks matchup in the first qualifying round. Uh, I had Gombos, you had Morano de Alboran after Valkus uh, pulled out. Didn't matter though, Gombos won, but couldn't make it through. It was actually Loran Locoli who came out of nowhere a bit, beat Michael Moe in five sets, but they both make it into the main draw. Michael Moe getting a lucky loser spot from Filip Krajinovic, I think. Yeah, crazy, uh, crazy that Locoli plays this well every single you know, slam qualifying, but he really seems now plays to rude. do it. I mean, who, who knows what happens there? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Just lacking, uh, grass missing an action on, on yeah. grass courts. I mean, looking Joking at his social media. Third, right? The weekend, the, the, the weekend uh, yeah. concert. That's his motivation for making the second week at Wimbledon. <laughs> we don't really know that much about his grass preparation, but looking at his social media, there probably wasn't much of it. And yeah, Mo Locoli was also a, a rematch for the Australian Open qualifying when uh, Locoli, or was it the first round actually? Uh, was it the first round of the main draw or third round of, or the third uh, qualifying round? Um, no, I'm not sure. No, I think it was actually the uh, the the first round of the main draw, right? When Locoli led him two sets to love up, he had a match point and then lost in five. So now he beats Mo in five. That's exactly so. what happened. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of a bit of comeuppance there for uh, for Locoli, I suppose. And also in that 14th uh, section, we had another match between our peaks. This time in the final qualies round, Kovacevic Kwako. Uh, Kovacevic had that fantastic section, and honestly, for like. I don't know, five and a half sets. He looked like he was not going to waste it. Eventually he did. To Enzo Quaco, who's also one of the Grand Slam qualifying goats, it seems. Yeah, back-to-back -back Wimbledon qualifying. Uh, last year it was a lot easier, at least in terms of names and stuff. Or at least it, it, it looked. But yeah, takes advantage here. Beats up Kovacevic. We also had our picks matchup in the second to last section in the final round. You had Hamad Medjedovic, who ended up beating my pick, Billy Harris. In straight sets, Medjedovic looks like a real threat to me. I mean, he he can really mix up that section with with Korda and Nori and uh, you know Mahachis in there and Vesely. That's that's a really exciting section to me. 
overall. Yeah, Majedovic's serve was just incredible in the qualities. And even though he struggled with his back against Berankis, and like at some points he was actually seemed like he had has nothing left. He pulled through, and then Billy Harris was just not good enough to take advantage realistically. Even though Majedovic was like had some medical timeouts again, hopefully he's going to be you know in, in better health for the main draw. Um, but yeah, that was the last peak, uh, the, the last point that I got. And, you know, that's why we are tied. It was actually just four matches between our peaks and then that one common, uh, one that we shared with, uh, Albot. And in the last section, we had, well, I had Pirosh, you had Klein, but I think we are both in agreement that the main three, the, the, like the main three threats in this section are Pirosh, Klein, Mochizuki. We just, didn't pick the third guy and it was actually Shintaro Mochizuki who qualified. Pirosh was again uh, struggling a lot in that final round. So, uh, well, a little disappointed about it, but you know, it's not like Mochizuki cannot play on grass. He's of course the former Wimbledon juniors champ. Yeah. All right. So that's our little review of our, of our picks for qualifying. Should we get into our draft? Yeah, absolutely. We have this draft pick game that we do every single time uh, a slam is around. So we basically uh, take turns to pick a qualifier. Uh, we, you know, some, one of us starts and then this guy gets just one pick and then we take turns picking two names. Uh, the scoring system is that you basically get a point for every single set that your guy that your guys win, plus an additional five points if they win a match. So it's basically all about finding these these guys who can actually progress. But you know sometimes the tiebreaker will be just a random set here or there. And also you had like a, an inventive idea, right? That um, that we could implement because when there's an odd number of lucky losers, we couldn't really in include them. But Jakub came up with a way uh, in which we could actually do that. Yeah, it, it's basically you can pick a potential lucky loser. So whoever the next lucky loser may or may not be in this draw, of course, you have the risk of it not happening at all. And then you don't have anybody, but you have the potential of, you know, getting a guy who could still win a match or two and, and actually be a real difference maker. So we're going to include those lucky losers. Do we actually have an even Number no, of lucky we losers. have we have an odd number of lucky losers. That's why I brought this up, and mm -hmm. um, that lucky loser in this case will be Fabian Maroshan. So basically, one of us can pick Fabian Maroshan, even though he's still not in the draw. But um, you know, there's a chance that he will be, and then in that case, uh, we might get the points for him. Which uh, you know, and I think it's really exciting because it's. It's um, especially with this being Maroshan, like there are a lot of spots in the draw where he could win a match. So uh, we'll see when he ends up factoring into our conversation. Right now, we probably have to do rock, paper, scissors to decide who uh, gets to go first. So I guess we could um, we could do that. Yeah. And uh, let's see. You guys will not see it. I think it's both scissors for, scissors. Us. for us. Yeah, I'm going to do this now. Okay, so Jakub is going to start. I don't I'm know if victorious. this is actually an advantage, you know, sometimes it is because like at Roland Garros, it was uh, Sebastian Ofner who just, whoever got him, he was probably going to win. And I actually started first and I got Ofner and won. But maybe this time it's going to be completely different. So sometimes it's not even an advantage. Yeah, I, I don't think there's like a clear cut consensus number one. That's like the clear one yeah. here. So it's a little bit tough. But I think that I will be going with Matteo Arnaldi. He sort of, in my eyes, has pretty much a guaranteed win over Carbaez Baena. He should be winning that match. 
and then against Holkeruna, who knows what happens? I mean, uh, that's a match that could really go either way, in my opinion. So, Matteo Arnaldi for me to start. Yeah, uh, just before we started recording, I was actually in the bathroom and I started doing a, like a full bracket prediction and I picked Arnaldi over Rune, so I, I understand the Ooh. pick, definitely. Uh, you know, it wasn't fully serious. Like I had Bautista Agut in the semis, I had Gofeu in the quarters, I had... Um, Bautista Agut in the semis isn't as crazy as it may sound. It's uh, not on, It's not really crazy. The, the, the draw is there like for him. And of course, he is a former Wimbledon semi-finalist. He did very well in Halle. Um, so yeah, it's it. I, I wasn't doing some crazy picks. I was just, you know, just uh, when when I had the chance, I was risking it because I don't really care about that bracket prediction. But so yeah, I understand your yeah. your sentiment with Arnaldi for sure. I think I'm gonna go for like a semi guaranteed first round winner as well. And in my mind, that's Tom, Thomas Barrios Vera against Baez. Ooh, okay. And honestly, I think I feel like you know against Gofeu Kyrgios, he should win sets. Um, you know, ba uh, yeah, I just don't think Baez can trouble him on grass really with, with the level that Baez Vera showed in the qualifying and yeah, just how aggressive and flat his game is. It should work on the, on the Wimbledon grass courts, I think, against, um, Baez. And, uh, maybe with my other pick, I'm not really sure what to do because I also went kind of ballsy in, in, in this bracket prediction on Dominic Stricker. But am I actually, too, actually. certain that uh, when, when, where did you uh, have him getting to? Third round. Me too. Yeah, beating Tiafo and Popperin. But am I actually certain that he's gonna beat Popperin? I'm gonna try it. You know, I'm gonna pick Dominic Sticker as okay. my next guy. All right. I'm very glad that I have Hamad Majidovic okay. still on the board here, so I will be picking him up for sure. And then I have a sneaky feeling that Oscar Ote might make the third round here. Kepfer is not an easy opener, but the seed, the, the, the seed is Nishioka. He plays Galan. So the second round opportunity is definitely there, uh, to potentially face Fritz in the, in the first round, most, in the third round, most likely. So Oscar Ote for me. I had him in my four, in, in the third round in my prediction. However, uh, like I think it, it, it's all about that matchup against Kepfer, right? If he beats Kepfer, he probably makes the third round, I think. Maybe even fourth, yeah. you know, Fritz is not that strong. But then again, of course, Otte has had a terrible season. It's just Wimbledon qualifying mm. that, that he <laughs> managed to somehow do. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think he can potentially do it. Yeah. Um, who am I going for next is a bit of a question for me. Um, you know, Milos Raonic is just such a question mark, right? So yeah. I think picking up Denis Novak is probably the way to go just because it, there's a high chance that, I don't know, Raonic pulls out or Raonic shows up not being able to to give his best. You know, he, he withdrew out of Queens, which was kind of worrying. So I think I'm just going to pick up Denis Novak. And then there's like a lot of players who could, could win their opening round, but they're not guaranteed to at all. So um, it's yeah, it's just not not really easy to um, choose whoever um, you know, who, who I should go for. I think I might try Arul Mayo. Um, as I said, I don't think he's one of the most dangerous qualifiers. However, he but plays the, Bonzi. But the third round potential is there. The, the it, third round potential is there. I agree. Sure. I mean, Chorich out outside of his Halle title, he just hasn't been good on grass at all. And Bonzi has been struggling with his health, and you know hasn't won a match in a while. So I think Mayo is is actually a good pickup. Yeah, that, those are good pickups. I think I will go with Oscar Matere next. He plays Bornagoyo. Uh, Maximilian, yeah. 
Oscar Otte, uh, you, you made an Oscar Otte, Maximilian Marterer combination there. Yeah. Um, what, what, what did I say? Uh, Oscar Marterer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Maximilian Marterer, of course. And then I think I will take our first lucky loser off the board with Yosuke Watanoki playing Mark and yeah. I feel like both those guys have a good chance of winning that first round. 50-50, and I actually have uh, Hussler, I think, beating Zverev in the second round. But if it Ooh. was Vatanuki, I would I would be picking Vatanuki as well. So um, I have Zverev going way too deep in my in my bracket. I, I I don't know. I just don't feel like he can beat both uh, Hussler Vatanuki and then the Minor, for example. Like that sounds like a stretch to me. Mm. So do you actually have him beating Alcaraz? I have him in the semifinals. Oh wow, that's that's <laughs> bold. Uh, <laughs> No, 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 that, that, that's way too bold for my taste. But anyway, um, too spicy. Yeah. Who am I picking next? Uh, I'm not really sure. Maybe I could try Thomas Mahach. You know, does that make sense? I think it might. He is playing against, um, Cam Nori, who I don't think is like at his strongest right now. I still went for Nori in my, um, prediction, but. I, I think Mahaj can easily win sets there and maybe even more. And I'm definitely also going for Maximilian Marterer, who's playing. Oh, no, you did. You did already. I already him have him. Shoot. I already have so him. I am going to go with Enzo Quaco, who's playing JJ Wolf. I think Wolf is the favorite, but he's not like a prohibitive one. And yeah, I think he can trouble him. Yeah, we're about to start getting to the line where I'm considering maybe a little bit the, <laughs> the mystery lucky loser. Yeah. But I think before we get there, I'm going to take Radu Albot against Shapovalov. I can definitely see Shapovalov just imploding in that matchup. Albot will make him play. Um, what else? What else do I go for here? Maybe. No, I'm going to go with Taro Daniel. He plays Ben Shelton who's in his first ever grass, grass season. Taro Daniel isn't amazing on grass or anything, but he definitely has a lot more experience than, than Shelton does. Maybe maybe he, he wins there. Yeah, I think this is where I should pick the mystery the mystery lucky loser because, yeah, I just really feel like if someone pulls out and Maroshan gets in, he could win here. Like, he could win a match. If if yeah, Maroshan with, was with... in the Mo section, right? Like, if, if Maroshan played Ojal Yassim, I would be picking Maroshan to win, I think. So, um, yeah. Uh, that's just the way, um, you know, that, that's just how much I think I, I respect him here. And that's why I'm going to do it. Now I actually have to see like who's left. <laughs> Locoli, definitely, right? Uh, against Rude. Uh, that might Mo not be also. a bad, bad pickup. Yeah, Mo. Uh, there's also Mochizuki against Paul. There's Shimabukuro against Dimitrov. And I think there's also Kopejans and Brauer. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think I should probably go for locally against Ruud, just on the off chance that, you know, Ruud will not be ready for Wimbledon at all. Okay, I'm going to go with... I think I will take Mochizuki against Tommy Paul and then Brauer against Zverev. Yeah, Tommy Paul so was slightly they, they injured, right, in that, um, in that Eastburn final. Uh, yeah. In the in sets two and three, so maybe I don't That's like possible. the I don't like the matchup for Mochizuki though. But um, yeah, maybe 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 Paul will not be hundred percent. I understand the Brower pick for sure. Um, could snatch a set easily. So I think we're left with just three of them. Or am I um, am I forgetting about uh, two, something? Shimabukuro, Kopeans, and who? And Mo. 
and Mo. Yeah. Okay. So this is pretty rough. Um, who do I think Where has the least chance? You know, Dimitrov has been so consistent this year. Like, I don't think he's losing to Shimabukuro. Even though I think Shaw is probably more dangerous than Mo um, and Kope on some grass, I would say. So, yeah, uh, I guess the smart thing to do is just to pick up Shimabukuro and Mo because, yeah, Kope Jans, um great guy. Uh, we love him here, but against the Minor, I cannot see it. I, I don't think it's possible. So, I'm just going to pick up Shimabukuro and Mo. All right. So, to recap my team, I have Arnaldi, Mejidovic, Ote, Marterer. Vatanuki, Albot, Daniel Mochizuki, Braver and Kopejans. You have Barrios Vera, Stricker, Novak, Mayo, Mahaj, Koako, The Mystery, Lucky Loser, Loran Lokoli, and Shoshima Bukuro, as well as Michael Mo. Um, I'm quite, I'm quite happy with my picks. I feel like I did less preparation than I, than I usually do, but I feel like I, I came out, I came out pretty well out of this. I think I did just as little preparation as I usually do. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm fine. Like, it's hard for me to say, looking at these teams, who has the stronger selections. There's definitely a few guys on your list that I wish I had. But a, a lot of this is going to come down to, like, um, our bold picks, like Striker, Arnaldi, Medjedovic, Ote, you know, whether Ote, they actually yeah. turn out right or not. Whether they yeah, actually I mean, can make these fair rounds, yeah. I will be there for the entirety of the first round, days one and two. I will be keeping a close, close eye on my boys that I've drafted here. We'll see <laughs> how they do. I will I will make sure that they represent me in a, in a good light here. If you hear someone just chant, uh, chanting and cheering on the Arnaldi Carbaez Baena stream, you know it's you know it's Jakub or some Italian guy. Hopefully, um, hopefully he just you. he just routines him and doesn't have to come to that. Uh, but I, yeah, I think I think he should. Um, like I, I cannot see a way for Carvajal Bueno to win this match. Really, I think if if more people like had the idea about um, uh, like if if more people understood and knew Arnaldi's game more, um, I think he probably would have been like a massive favorite, even when it comes to you know the betting market. It, but yeah, we'll see. Um, anyway, that's that's the draft pick, I suppose. Hopefully, uh, Twitter is also going to be uh, in a, in a better shape during Wimbledon because right now we it's like we can only hope. Yeah, yes. right. Right now it's like unreadable. Uh, I basically have stopped stopped using it uh, since yesterday. It's, yeah. So so for me it was quite weird because I I hit uh -huh. the rate limit of course super early like everybody yeah. else did on my phone, but then it kept working on my laptop. Like I, I had the uh, I I had it uh, the other way around. <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting. So clearly they they're not enforcing it that well. <laughs> But it was very annoying opening Twitter on my phone over and over again just to see no tweets loading. Yeah. And it was like an embarrassing number of times that I did that while I was at the airport and stuff. <laughs> oh, what's happening on Twitter? Nothing. Nothing is happening for me. Yeah. I basically um, uh, stopped reading through it. I was still posting tweets that I could do that. And somehow people were still like seeing them and liking them. Like in the in the challenger match of the week poll, which I will mention uh, which I will mention later, I actually got the same amount of votes as usual, which is very weird to me because I cannot they, read they save Twitter their at views all. just for you. Yeah, I mean, how how is that possible? Because I cannot read through Twitter at all. But yeah, hopefully it's gonna be much better tomorrow. Um, but right now it's basically impossible to you to use it. Anyway, it's not really a show about Twitter, but you know, of course we we both use it quite a lot, as you probably know if you if you're listening to it since 
it's highly likely that's Twitter, that's Twitter is how you learned about this. So uh, let's get to Modena and Medellin, the two challenger events that we had this week. Hopefully you people were watching them, not only Wimbledon qualities. Uh, yes, yeah, I have so many hours uh, watched of challenger <laughs> this week. I mean, honestly, Wimbledon qualities ended on Thursday, right? So there was quite yeah, a lot of like, chance. I only had access to to one court, so it was quite frustrating. Um, but yeah, anyway, let's start with Modena. Of course, the 75 this week where we had Emilio Nava winning his second challenger title, beating Tito Androge, 6-7-7-6-6-4. I did watch that one. Um, great match, great way to to win a second title. His route starting by dropping a set actually to Elmar Eupovic, but came back to win it 6-3 in the third. Routined Daniel Michalski, 6-2-6-2. Beat Ferrari six two in the third, and then Eshargi six one six three. So he was sort of alternating three setters and then quite routine wins, but moves up to uh, number one hundred sixty eight in the rankings, up forty two spots to his new curry high ranking. What did you make of Nava this week? Yeah, I think we said last time that like we have no idea how Modena plays, but based on the fact that it's like not an altitude event, it's probably gonna be you know just normal clay. Actually, it was kind of fast, and that's probably something that helps Nava a lot here. But you know, the guy when the guy is firing, of course, he has a very high peak level. As he said, he battled through these free setters anyway, and of course, the final was just absolutely incredible. And uh, two match points saved on return in the second set. So an, an amazing win for uh, the American. He also missed out on Wimbledon by like five spots or something. So, uh, you know, to turn this Rough. into something good, actually, that's that's very big for him, I think. And, you know, these sort of results can get him into a spot where next year he will be able to play. Uh, of course, at the French, he actually qualified and you know, made the first round, uh, made the round Garros main draw at the Australian Open. He was in the final qualifying round. So clearly he also is doing pretty well uh, in this environment. As for Tito Androge, who, as you mentioned, came so, so close to winning this final. Uh, it was a second challenger final after Cherbourg early this season, uh, lost both. On his run, he beat Murka Delia in 6-4-6-3, Remy Bettola 7-6-6-2. Max Kashnikovsky 6175. Uh, his only three setter going into the final was against Nerman Fatic in the semis, which he won 6-4 in the third. Moves up still 56 spots number 205. Narrowly misses out on breaking the top 200 here. What did you make of Droge this week? Yeah, um, kind of surprising, but you know, he had some amazing ITF results recently. The 25K he won in France, the 25K he was the in the final off in France as well, um, both in June, I think. And uh, yeah, just such a solid guy, right? Pretty big serve as well. And um, that combination can be really troubling to some players. Like, for example, Kashnikovsky lost to him for the second time this year. And both of these, sorry, or, or was it last year? No, I think I think both were this year. This year. And um, like both these matches were just really dire from the pole because he cannot hit through a guy like this. And even Nava struggled with it so much, even on some pretty fast clay courts in the final, in the final, you know. And um, yeah, just just a shame for him to um, to blow a chance because he clearly he clearly kind of blew it. Um, one of these match points was like a return one to punch from Nava that he couldn't do much about. But there was also a pretty tame uh, backhand unforced error. Yeah, let's move on to our semi-finalists, starting with Nerman Fatic, who made his first challenger semi-final since Sibiu, uh, which was his only challenger title last September. Uh, on his run here, he beat Justino 7-6-6-2, uh, Rodrigo Pacheco Mendez 
6-4-6-2 overcame Federico Correa, 6-3 in the third set. And push Droge as well. What did you make of this week for Fatic? Yeah, and in that CB run, he actually beat Federico Correa. <laughs> so he seems to have a way of playing against the Argentinian, which um, you know is the win to remember for Fatic from this week. Also made the quarters in Perugia recently. So there, there, there seems to be some sort of an uh, upswing of, of form for the Bosnian. And yeah, let's see if he if he can continue it. Yes, our other semi-finalist was Moise Sharki, beating Oliver Crawford 6-4-7-5, coming back from a sit-down against Jago Monteiro 2-6-2 in the third, beating Terence Atman 6-2 in the third as well for his first challenger semi-final. What were your thoughts on Sharki? He's been getting some stunning wins recently, like the one against the Costa in Tallahassee. Um, I'm not yeah. fully sure on you know how how that's happening, but certainly beating Monteiro here after Monteiro, I thought had a very nice showing in the opening round and like looked like a guy who might actually get over his his confidence issues recently was was pretty huge. Perhaps the upset of the week we'll see. And um, yeah, just got blown out by Nava, but that was a pretty amazing performance from the American. Like one of these days when the forehand is just unstoppable. And we, of course, have to mention Max Kashikovsky making the quarters here out of qualifying. First beating Seva Purtiladze 6-4-6-2 uh, before he got a walkover from Dutra da Silva to make it into the main draw. Once he was there, he beat Gilardo Bailly 6-4-7-5 and Stefano Travaglia 6-2-7-6. That's a good win before losing to... Okay, what were your thoughts on Kashnikovsky um, here? Yeah, I think his level was a lot better than it was in Poznan. Uh, very aggressive against Bailey, um, serving well. Uh, Bailey, ba- Bali, sorry. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Travaglia, uh, I thought that's definitely a very good win, but the opening set from Stefano was just drastic. But it was a very different match as well in terms of um, you know the dynamics of play than the one he played in the opening round, Kashnikovsky. He was defending a lot against Travaglia, and even when the Italian turned it on, he still managed to prevail. Just, yeah, just a terrible matchup, I think, for him against Droguet. These guys who are just ultra consistent and at the same time have a pretty decent serve I think are very very tough for him especially on clay like maybe if they played in like Calgary or you know the the Canadian events that Kashnikovsky did so well in in, um, November last year maybe maybe there he would have a good chance against Droga and then over in the doubles we had William Blomberg and Luis David Martinez winning the title beating Yebavi and and Manafov in the final we can go over to Medellin uh, the hometown of Pablo Escobar (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where we had two white boys uh, making it into the final. Uh, sort of surprising. I didn't really see that coming. I feel like in these uh, South American 50s and even South American 75s, you don't really see um, sort of non-South American players making it this deep. But we had Patrick Gibson beating Benjamin Locke 6-3, 6-3 to win his first challenger title. He did not drop a set all week, beating Descote, Gonzalo Lama, Matias Soto, and Eduardo Ribeiro uh, before beating Locke in the final. Moves up 59 spots, number 271, breaking the top 300. What did you make of Gibson on his maiden challenger run? Yeah, he plays these altitude events a lot. Um, of course, one of the reasons why he made the Ran Garros USD wildcard and you know played the main draw was the San Luis Potosi semi. I think there he actually played much better than this week, maybe even. 
Uh, although maybe that's a little too harsh because the semi against Ribeiro was pretty great. It's just the final kind of made my eyes bleed, to be honest with you. <laughs> but to be honest, it was it was not also it was not Kipson's fault. Um, someone on my Twitter uh, mentioned that, like, according to him, um, it's not really that Kipson is all that good in the altitude conditions. Like, he's, it's not that his game really suits them incredibly. He's just kind of, you know, scheduling them because he's fine like just you know striking balls from the baseline in in these conditions and generally they tend to be a little weaker and i have to agree with this like i i don't think Gibson is even particularly well suited to these events but uh he found a nice niche for himself i suppose and yeah a very strong run where he never really looked like he was about to exit the event huge favorite in course... all of his matches too right oh yeah yeah and of course, we had Benjamin Locke in the final, making his first challenger final at 30 years old. He had previously made 19 on the futures level. Of course, in the doubles, he's also very prolific. He has uh, four titles, 10, fi uh, 10 finals total on the challenger tour. And um, th he's 31 and 25 in uh, ITF finals on the doubles tour, which is insane. That's just such a <laughs> high number. Even for a 30-year-old on this run, he beat Reis da Silva 6-3-6-1, Mateus Alves 6-1 in the third, took out Sid Darusic 6-4-6-4, and then Andrea Soriano Barrera uh, by the same score, up 42 spots, number 330, his new career high ranking. What did you make of Benjamin Locke here? Well, he recently won a couple of IDF titles, but they were 15 case in Ethiopia, which weren't strong, other than maybe Van Schelboim playing them as well. Uh, so I wasn't really looking that much into it, like reading that much from it. Um, honestly, I was kind of shocked with, with the wins that he got this week because Locke just seems to have like such a basic game, right? He basically puts in a serve, then hits an approach shot and tries to go to the net. And like that's he actually won a, uh, an, an M25 in Medellin last year. Just oh, really? He beat Crawford. Uh, in a in a third set tiebreak in the final. I that's, had no idea actually. That's good. that's kind of interesting, um, but yeah, he he somehow managed to do it, you know. And um, fantastic run for the guy, but it's it's really one of the more shocking uh, challenger runs of re yeah. in recent memory. I think I think it's really like on par with Sergey Fomin winning a challenger title last year, and probably even more surprising. I think Fomin eventually as a player could have more potential than than Ben Locke. Not in doubles, uh, because well, as you said, Locke has some excellent results there. Yeah, I mean beating Sedero Siege, that's that's good. Yeah. From Locke. Definitely wasn't expected. Um as far as semifinalists, let's start with Ribeiro, who beat Tristan School Kate, Gerald Meltzer, both in straight sets, then took out my pick, Santiago Rodriguez Taverna, six two in the third. His wasn't second that, wasn't that my pick? Oh yeah, that was your pick actually. I, I picked Delbonis, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, Delbonis didn't make much of an impact here. Um, lost in the first round to Haide, I think. But yeah, second yeah. challenger semifinal of the season already for Ribeiro. What did you make of him this week? Uh, yeah, fantastic win that you mentioned against Rodriguez Taverna, but also beating Meltzer. I think a few times already we've talked about Ribeiro. Um, showing a lot of potential on his day especially he's he's not too consistent but he's had some amazing matches like the one against Kachin in Oeiras like against Fonseca when he beat him in Florianopolis uh, definitely seems like a, a huge um, seems like he has a huge A game B game disparity because some of the losses have been quite harsh as well 
but yeah, um, I, I love it. I, I hope that, you know, he, along with Reis da Silva, are like these two uh, more um, random Brazilians, like they're not young anymore, but I think they, they actually still have quite a lot to show and uh, excited mm -hmm. to see more from them. Reis da Silva was, of course, playing these events as well, but not um, didn't make as much of a splash as, um, as um, um, Ribeiro was able to make. Our other semifinalist was Adria Soriano Barrera, who beat Zaneato 7-6-6-2. Tristan McCormick in three tie breaks came back from losing a 6-1 set to Nicolas Mejia to win 6-2 in the third for his first challenger semifinal. His first challenger main draw wins in his career. He only made his debut on the challenger tour uh, main draw in Cali last week. Uh, so definitely a surprising run for Soriano Barrera. What did you make of him this week? Um, yeah, I'm not even sure if I watched him at any point before this week. Uh, you know, looking at how infrequently he played the Challenger Tour, I think it's likely that I didn't. But it, yeah, for him, I think the altitude conditions really made sense. Looks like he's more of a hardcore player as well with how he's scheduling himself. And you could see that, you know, he had a pretty nice um, serve and forehand game. Um, yeah, excited to see if he can turn it into something because the, the parts of his matches against Mejia and even Locke in the semis, the, the, the one that he lost, um, you could you could really see how he's taking advantage of these conditions and uh, maybe in the future events like this could also um, be a chance for him. Yeah, and then over in the doubles, we had a pretty big surprise in the final with Juan Sebastián Gómez and Andrés Urea beating Orlando Luz and Luke Prichotko, uh, two pretty established doubles uh, guys on the Challenger Tour. Let's go to the match of the week, upset of the week. Where would you like to start? Yeah, so for match of the week, I just put three options in the poll. And I think, um, well, the front runners were definitely the ones from Modena. So Nava Droge and Trafalia Menchik. Lots of people voting for Nava Droge, overwhelming winner. However, I am actually going to pick Trafalia Menchik. I think the level in that one was even better. Uh, insane rallies, like every other point, basically. And um, yeah, these are, of course, two extremely talented guys. So maybe it's not even that surprising. Travalia still has that top 100 quality sometimes. And Menchik, you know, he's probably going to be in the top 100 as early as next year. So maybe it's not even surprising, but it was a really beautiful match. Yeah, um, I didn't see it, unfortunately. So I will be the mouthpiece for the people and I will pick Emilio Nava beating Tito Androge. It's still an amazing match with so much at stake in that final uh, yeah, a great one. Where would you like to go with the upset? Um, plenty to choose from, as you as we as you sort of hinted at. Delbonis lost and Andreotti lost. So the finalists from last week they lost in the opening round. We also had some craziness like Soto beating Haide after Haide beat Delbonis, Locke beating Serdarusic. I'm mentioning things from Medellin because I think that's where the upsets were. But at the same time, Moes Ekargui, Monteiro. That's a huge one too. So you could really go many, many ways here. I'm actually going to go with Loco versus Rusic. I think it was, um, you know, I, I just, I, I was just looking at this event as a huge chance for Serda Rusic because again, he still doesn't have that challenger title despite five finals. And, uh, it just feels like he kind of missed an opportunity here and I was not expecting it. I, I thought he was probably the front runner going into the quarters. Yeah, I will go with Tristan McCormick beating Guido Andreozzi in a, in a third set tiebreaker. That that I wasn't, <laughs> I didn't see that coming in the in the slightest at all. Okay, we go over to our previews. We have three seventy fives and two fifties. 
along with Wimbledon, let's start in Bloomfield Hills in the US, where James Duckworth is, is the top seed playing Baby Trukaev. Uh, well, then face Tennis Sandgren or Mitchell Kruger in the second round. Alexis Galeno plays Elliot Spitzieri, um, who I assume is a, is a junior accelerator. accelerator spot. Yeah, this is actually the first time we have uh, junior accelerators, uh, sorry, junior college accelerator spots college, used. Yeah. Um, definitely Spitzieri is one of them. And I think there's also Chris Rodesh in uh, Karlsruhe. So um, yeah, this is this is the first week where you could actually use them in the second week or in the second half of the 2023 uh, season. Yeah, definitely an exciting development. We see more college players more now than than ever. I think I saw that there was like 18 in the Wimbledon main draw uh, that are playing on the on the men's yeah. side, which is a, a great number. Serundolo uh, Nori in the top 20, right? I mean, Serundolo mm -hmm. only played one year, but still. Still was there. That, that counts. Uh, so whoever comes out of that match, Galando or Speed City, will play Ethan Quinn or a qualifier. Dennis Kudlai is the third seed playing Skander Mansuri and could face Kei Nishikori in the second round as he plays Adam Walton. Giovanni Impeci Pericat plays Nishej Basavaredi, who's also a college player, but is in with the junior accelerator. Yeah, he has actually. both, actually. <laughs> he has both, uh, interestingly. He has both um, the access to the college accelerators and to the junior ones. I have no clue what But happens the college only case. get him into qualies, I think, right? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so so we'll see if he gets to use both. That will be an interesting development. Uh, the winner of that match will play Christian Harrison or Mikhail Kukushkin. Then we have Dane Sweeney playing a qualifier and then Yuta Shimitsu or another qualifier. Out of Chelik Bilek plays Mark Lyell and then one of two qualifiers. Final section, big first round here. Emilio Gomez playing Michael Zheng, who of course showed a very nice run in, in um, Puerto Rico. Uh, winner of that match plays Litu or Yasutuka Uchiyama. Steve Johnson is also here playing a qualifier and then James McCabe or Abdullah Shelbaich. In the qualifying, we have guys like Omar Jasika is here. That's that's pretty exciting. Hiroki Moria plays Cannon Kingsley. Um, Yun Seung Chang playing Strong Kirkheimer. Ernesto Escobedo is here. Alafia Ayani playing Tristan Schoolkate. Andres Martin, uh, Colin Sinclair. Some interesting names. In the doubles, we have uh, Jisung Nam and Aftim Sitak as the top seeds. We also have uh, Scott Duncan actually not playing with Marcus hmm. uh, Willis this week. Plays with, with Kelsey Stevenson instead. Jessica and Moria team up. Um, Raja and Sharon are also in here, but they have been struggling. But going back to the main draw singles, who are you picking for the title in Bloomfield Hills? Yeah, I'm not sure about the conditions here. As you know, this is a new event. Um, Challenger to Tennis is back in the Midwest. And actually, I think the Cracked Rackets is the official media partner of the event. Ooh. Uh, so, are we going to have uh, Alex uh, MCing again? And, uh, on the he's going to be doing something there. I'm not sure if he's going to be MCing, but he's definitely going to be doing something there. I saw some announcements from the Cracked Rackets, uh, you know, team. I'm going to see it exciting. Yeah, I, I'm, um, not, I'm not really sure what's uh, what exactly is the is the deal with it, but definitely a crack rackets is involved in some way. So you're probably gonna see it on Twitter, for example, if Twitter works during the first week of Wimbledon. So yeah, um, I am super super pumped to see Michael Zheng again after that Palmas de Moran. I think he is actually the favorite against Emilio Gomez. I wonder how it is yeah, for Go the bookies. Gomez has been I did not actually the hills this year. I did not check it. Okay, Gomez is like the slight favorite for the bookies. I, I don't think that's right, although, um, you know, it, it, it's not like Zhenki is guaranteed to win it. Layal, I am excited to see what he will do. Of course, a recent challenger champion himself. 
I am going to go for Kei Nishikori, though. I, I don't think I can go for anything else. He won Palmas del Mar. If anything, he should be getting even better with every single event. It's not the easiest draw. You know, Walton, um, who also went deep in, in all of these American events recently, Kudla, um, Orman Suri even, uh, you know, Bechi Pericard, maybe if the courts are fast. Kokushkin was, uh, was of course, very good in um, Tyler or Little Rock, one of them. But yeah, I, I think I have to go with Kei Nishikori. I think he's just way too talented for most of this draw if he's actually you know still healthy and he should be looking at palmas del mar yeah i will be joining you there i'm also picking kenny shikori he will be tested more uh here earlier on at the very least uh with potentially kudla in the second round then as you mentioned we have mbeji perigat harrison kukushkin whoever uh if you even maybe could be interesting in the quarters uh it will be a tougher road than, than palmas del mar but he was just so so yeah. good in Palmas del Mar that I I see no reason not to pick him here again. We're moving on to Karlsruhe, where Jean Borpiros is the top seed playing Jeffrey Blancano. Then one of two qualifiers, Chago Sebashvili plays a qualifier, and then Marco Topo or Milian Sekic. Julia Cepieri plays a qualifier, and then Benoit Per or Ernan Casanova. Ivan Gachov plays Nerman Fatic, and then Rudolf Moleker or Michael or Mikhail Hertz. Uh, Timofey Skatov plays Chris Rodesh, who's from Luxembourg. Is he is he a college player? Yeah, he is the second yeah, college go. accelerator user this week, <laughs> along with, um, who was it? Uh, Spitziri? Spitziri, right? Yeah, continuing that Gilles Muller uh, tradition of Luxembourgian tennis. Um, Fikovic and Sachko will be their potential second round opponents. Pedro Martinez plays Norbert Gombos in the first round, and then Andri Laxon or a qualifier. Final section, Pavel Kotov is the second seed playing Aziz Dugas and then Leandro Riedi or Vid Kopshiva. Alejandro Tabilo also in that section playing Henry Squire and then Lian Gavriliadis or a qualifier. In the qualifying, we will have some interesting names here. We have Daily Blanche beating Daniel Masur. Could uh, only have to beat Sanchez Jover now. But the fact that he's getting all of these wildcards right now, I mean, I think it just confirms that the Poznan one must have been bought, right? I mean, yeah, it's there's just, no way he's getting a wildcard like every single week. I think I have my new f favorite tennis name here, David Fix, uh, <laughs> who was a German wildcard. <laughs> Lost to EFCF, hopefully no, no fix there. Um, we also have Hadi Habib, we have Santilan, Andrew Paulson, Peter Goyovchik, Oriol Bataya. Nobody that I think is going to win this event, though. Let's go see what's going on at the doubles. Roman Ibavi and Sam Verbeek, your new best buddy, uh, mm -hmm. are the top seeds. We have Shimon Valkov playing with Mikhailis Lipietis. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. We have Riedi and Sachko here. Matuszewski is playing with Romeos. That's a random pairing. As is Kopshiva and Pervolarakis, that's not one that I expected. Even more random, I think, is probably Mikhail Hertz and Hans Hagvet Dugo. Uh, so a bunch of different random ones. Daily Blanche also has a doubles wildcard here with Vyacheslav Bielinski. Uh, Blancano and Pear are playing together as our Moleker and Santlandel face Cervantes and Roca Bataya in the first round. Going back to the singles, though, who do you like for the title here? 
Yeah, it's pretty tough, honestly. Oh, that that means that Zhevetsky and Noza withdrew, by the way, right? Because he said they're playing Cervantes Roca Bataya. Okay. Yeah, Zhevetsky yeah, yeah, withdrew. Okay. Even written as the fifth seed, so yeah, Zhevetsky withdrew apparently due to a left hand mm-hmm. injury. I did not know that um as uh, you know until right now. Anyway, um who am I picking here? I don't know. Gombosh Martinez is such a good opening round. I don't want to pick out of this. Riedi did um surprisingly well given his recent injuries at Wimbledon but you know the transition to clay in general clay doesn't suit his game that much so I think I'm mostly looking at the top half Zapieri recently has not been all that convincing I wonder if Moleker can get on a run and looking at his draw he probably can Ah, uh, but then again, Thiago save of will, right? It's it's hard to stop yourself from from just going there, even though he might play topo in the in the second round, and he was actually struggling a bit against Barrios Vera in the fifth set. So I wonder how serious that will turn out to be. But I think I have to go with Thiago Sabofield. I, I think it would just be unwise not to, even though my my heart sort of tells me to go Moleker or Jean-Paul Piroche, honestly. But um, yeah, I think I have to stick with Thiago Sabofield. Interesting. Yeah, I did consider Sabofield, but I will not be matching you twice here. I still have a deficit to to make up of, of two. Um so I will actually go with John Borpiroz. Maybe we'll we'll match up in the quarterfinals there. Um, yeah, both both coming off of grass, both coming off of weird finishes to to the final qualifying round. Whereas you said, say Bush will just sort of trailed off towards the end of the match. Piroz seemingly almost never got into it, losing six three, six four, six one to to Mochizuki. Uh But yeah, let's let's see if he can if he can recover uh, on clay here. Let's go over to Milan, Aspiria Tennis Cup, where Facundo Diaz Acosta will be the top seed playing Gianmarco Ferrari. Stefano Trevaglia and Pablo Cuevas will face off in the first round, the winner playing Diaz Acosta, potentially. Francesco Maestrelli plays Alessandro Genesi and then Eduardo Lavagno or Gautier Onclan. Tiago Agustin Tirante plays Mattia Bellucci and then Renzo Olivo or Qualifier. Flavio Coboli plays a Qualifier and then Maximiliano Christ or Federico Gallo. We have Passaro against Gigante. That's a good first round winner playing Krutich or a qualifier. Ugo Granier also in the section playing a qualifier, as is Luca Nardi. Right there. Final section, we have Christian Garin dropping down here, playing Luciano Datteri. Could face Gonzalo Bueno or Enrico Dallavale uh, sorry, in the second round. Rob Brancaccio plays Lautaro Midon and then Ricardo Bonadio or a qualifier. I sadly watched Dalavaya play today. It was a that's why that, that's why I'm saying it was it was actually sad because it was a 15k final and he gave just one game to Pavel Chash. <laughs> still so a final. He, he's a, still a final. He's got fire coming in here. Yeah. Um in the qualifying we have some interesting names. Salvatore Caruso is here playing Michal Verbensky. Chun Seng has really dropped off here, losing to Marcello Serafini in the first round. This is tough to watch. Needs to get back on the Dominic Herbati train, I think. Uh, we have Dmitry Popko, uh, who dropped just one game. Could play Carlos Taberner in the second round. Also have Francesco Forti. Could have Kirian Jacke potentially coming through. Let's go have a look at the doubles, where we have Eiserik and Molchanov as the top seeds. We have, interestingly here, Martin Cuevas. Uh, Pablo Cuevas' brother, not playing with Pablo Cuevas, but playing with Facundo Diaz Acosta. Uh, which is just confusing a little bit. Uh, they face the top seeds in the first round. We have also Gigante and Maestrelli playing together. 
Popcorn Tabener, potential final qualifying round uh, opponents played together in the doubles. Pelucci and Bonadio team up. Uh, Begiman and Ramanatan, after uh, winning a match last week, keep it going. They will play Aribaj and Sanchez. We also have Tateri Tirante teaming up. Second seeds are Diego Hidalgo and Sergio Matos Gornes. Going back to the singles, though, who do you like for the title here? It's rough again. So it's a wide field. It's a, it's a wide, he, wide field of potential opportunities yeah. here. Diaz Acosta, top seed, you know, but he's playing Travaglia potentially in second in the second round. Lavagno on Clan Maestrelli, Janessi even in the in the quarters. Like that's super tough. Tirante Bellucci, great first round. Koboli recently had a couple of nice runs, right? Um, I don't think he did well at Wimbledon qualifying, but you know, that was kind of to be expected. So I am thinking of Koboli here, I think, just because I like the second round against Neukris Orgayo. I am also thinking of Christian Garin, who was in amazing form from Sunshine Double to Rome, but then he got injured. So yeah, no clue how yeah. he's going to look. And Dardari is not an easy opening round. Second round, maybe he would be a bit, um, it would be a bit smoother maybe for him. But yeah, I think I actually convinced myself to go for Flavio Coboli in the middle of this um, utterance. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm going to go for just because I like the first two, three rounds for him. And by the time he's in the semis, anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, this is just such a wide field yeah. of, of potential picks. That I might actually just go with Christian Garin, even though he's coming off of an injury. He has the potential to be the most talented uh, player out of this field if he comes back in form. Of course, had an unfortunate situation where he, I think, wasn't fit enough to play Wimbledon qualifying and then didn't get a wild card despite being a quarterfinalist there last year. Uh, and four so, rounds the, the year before. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a tough situation, but I think looking past that, Derry, the second round I like, Bonadio is the only one that's threatening out of the potential quarterfinal opponents. Yeah, I, I quite like this draw for, for Garin, so I will go with him. Now we transition into the Challenger 50s, starting with Troye, where the top seed is General Alberto Olivieri playing Sasha Guimat Weinburg, and then one of two qualifiers. Lorenzo Giustino plays Valenta Royer, and then Lucas Gerhor or Elmar Eupovic. Arkun Trujetti plays Giovanni Fonio, and then Moise Chargui or a qualifier. Gianluca Maguire plays Alejandro Moro Cañas, and then Daniel Rincon or a qualifier. Third section here, we have Terence Atman playing Paul Martin Tifon, and then Sanchez Izquierdo or Murkel Delian. Benjamin Hassan plays a qualifier, and then Nikola Milojevic or another qualifier. Final section, Yevgeny Donskoy plays Steven Diaz, and then Viktor Durasovic or Abel Hernandez Aguila. Tito Androke plays Maxime Janvier, and then Alvaro Lopez San Martin or Matis Erhardt. In the qualifying, we have potentially Manuel Guinar, we have Tuya Edukovic in here, uh, Facundo Juarez, who I feel like I be, we haven't seen in a while, beat John Dominguez in the first round, plays Calvin Emery for a spot there. We could have your favorite, David Jorda Sanchez. Uh, potentially plays a wildcat Giuseppe Tresca in the in the second round there in the final qualifying round. August Holmgren also in here. Let's have a look at the doubles. We have Guinard and Jacques, actually the top seeds with a bye here. Uh, we also have two unfilled alternate spots, so we'll see if if somebody will will take those up. Uh, Diaz and Durasovic are an interesting team. Morakanyas and Trujeti as well. 
Lopez San Martin and Incom playing together, Morca Dalian and Dutra da Silva are the second seeds. But going back to the singles, who do you like for the title in Troye? Yeah, I wonder if I could even go for like a qualifying selection here. And obviously Ooh. I'm looking at Duya Dukovic, but he lost a set today to this French guy that I don't really know. His name is Artus Morisson de la Bassetière. Beautiful, uh, beautiful name. Morisson de la Bassetière. Is, like is he like, yeah, because Basset, Basset, Basseterre, I think, is the capital of St. Kitts and Nevis. I think maybe maybe that that's why it sounds like sounds like that. Anyway, also, um, um, well, he's twenty, it seems. So maybe maybe he's actually not that young. I don't know. Um, maybe I'm gonna skip that just because you know he lost a set today to a guy I don't know. Uh, anyway, our wildly different pronunciations of the city made me check uh, how it's actually done, and I had to listen to some French guy talk for forty seconds before he eventually got to the point and it's actually mine uh so toi and uh you know these um three years of learning french in high school are coming in handy even now um i would not be able to produce a, a full sentence though uh but yeah looking at this at this field uh, it's really hard to pick from um i think santa fe is probably gonna be even tougher Trois is actually gonna be quite exciting um yeah we're, we're gonna get to that south american event soon but yeah, Moro Kanya's playing Magar in the opening round. That's really tough. Trunhaliti recently, we, we had some opportunities to pick him and he was mostly disappointing. I think Royer was um, getting some pretty decent ITF results recently too. I think he's probably a tad better on hard courts than on clay. Olivieri is always a selection here. I don't really like the quarter for him. Maybe even the opening round is kind of tricky. Paul Martin Tifon, Terence Atmane, that's really good too in the opener. Jesus, I just absolutely have no clue. Let me just go for yeah. Let, let let's let's be slightly wild then, and let's go for Alejandro Morocanas to beat Gianluca Magar in the opening round and win his maiden challenger title. Right. Yeah. As you said, a wide selection once again available to us yeah. of, of very plausible champions here. I will actually go with Tito Androge. Um almost back-to-back -back after he almost won Modena last week, but um, he has had some success in back-to-backs, back actually, earlier. Um, yeah, in, this in month. June, he, oh, oh, he, last month, uh, yeah, because it's the 2nd of July, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he won the title and made the final and only lost in the third tiebreak to, to Vacheron. So, yeah, I, I feel like Droge could actually make up for, for last week with the, with the title here. And let's finish it out in Santa Fe, where we have Mariana Nabona as the top seed playing João Victor Coto Loreiro. Juan Ignacio Londero potentially looming in the second round there, though, playing Lu uh, Luciano Emanuel Ambrogi. Eduardo Ribeiro also in the section playing qualifier, and then Tomas Fariat or Fermin Tenti. Francisco Comesaña plays Guido Ivan Justo, and then Gonzalo Lama or Lorenzo Joaquin Rodriguez. Gustavo Heide plays a qualifier, and then Matias Soto or another qualifier. Pedro Boscadin Diaz plays Preston uh, Brown and then Bruno Kuzuhara or Lucas Catarina. Roman Andres Burushaga plays Mateus Alves and then one of two qualifiers. And then the all Argentine so far, there's one qualifier spot, but everyone else is an Argentine in this final section. Santiago Rodriguez Tavena is the second seed playing Alejo Lorenzo Lingua Lavallén. Ignacio Monzon plays Juan Manuel Lacerna. Uh, Matias Franco Descota has been upgraded as the ninth seed after somebody withdrew, playing Lucio Ratti, and then Santiago de la Fuente or a qualifier. 
Let's see who actually withdrew there. And it was Nicolas Alvarez. So he would have broken up that all Argentine monopoly there. Um, yeah, and in the qualifying... Preston, Preston Brown, by the way, you know, he got into the main row, right? And he's not even <laughs> ranked in the in the top 1000. Uh, yeah, it was we, we also very... have buys in qualifying. It's it's yeah. a very, very weak draw here. It was very close, actually, to a situation where the alternate list for the main draw would have been, you know, just cleaned out, which I don't think I've ever seen. Uh, there's literally just, sorry, uh, Preston Brown got in, right? So there are just mm -hmm. three guys lower than him. One of them has a wild card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I've never seen that. Um, qualifying list has been also emptied, but that happens sometimes. But main draw, I have not seen that yet. Right. So over in the qualifying, we have Alvaro Guillen Mesa with a buy here, Adolfo Daniel Vallejo, um, Igor Jimenez, Nicolas Villalon. Not many known names. Ignacio Caru is, I guess, a, a known name to me. Uh, but let's see what's happening in the doubles. We also have lots of lots of buys in the doubles. Jesus Christ. We have two first round matches in the doubles actually taking place. This is tough to see. This reminds me of like when I would play doubles in under 14s so and we couldn't fill out a draw. This is a little bit tragic. One of those people playing the first round will actually be Roman Andres Buruchaga, who is in here, in here with the wildfire with Luca Guercio. But we have Kirkov and Soto as the second seeds, Caruan Monson as the top seeds. Um, yeah, not much excitement in the qualifying or the doubles. Let's see who you're picking in the singles, though. Yeah, one thing that we kind of have to mention is that there's a 25K in Rosario Santa Fe this, this week, which I guess is the same place. I'm not really sure. And Vallejo and Londero are in the final. So that's kind of interesting and might influence our picks here, maybe. Uh, Londero only dropped one set along the way. Uh, Vallejo beat Katarina as well, who's also in this draw. You know, lots of players uh, featuring in both events, of course. Londero beating Lingua Avayan in the semis. They have not started playing yet, I think, at least. Uh, but, or maybe they're started, but they haven't finished. So yeah, this this event is just is just wild. Um, have not, as I said, I, I haven't seen the main draw ent uh, entries being so close to being, yeah, just eliminated <laughs> before. So um, looking at this draw, I was actually thinking of Londero. Uh, if you remember, I picked him a couple of weeks ago, and it was I think it was a pretty underrated selection. He lost to Tabilo in the second um, round, but that was just a tough draw for him, you know, coming from the qualies. But he can play Navona here, <laughs> so I don't know if I want to do it. There is Ribeiro in that section as well. I mean, they might be some of the strongest players in the field, and yet they're, they're all in the same quarter. Um, Rodriguez Taverna, I just went for him last week and I think he actually did pretty well, right? He made the quarters, lost to Eduardo Ribeiro. So I think I might just double down on Rodriguez Taverna. The draw seems kind of okay. Like it should be on his racket at least until the uh, semis even, I would say. So that's probably what I'm going to go for. Even though I would say Navona and Londero are probably the strongest, the, the the you know the two strongest players in the draw, but I you know they can play in the second round, and I have no clue who would win uh, with Londero picking up picking up some form. So I'm gonna go with Santiago Rodriguez Taverna. Yeah, you are running with with uh, Rodriguez Taverna. I will go with Navona here. Juan Poznan uh, went to Wimbledon like a couple of days after, like won like three games against Berankis. Doesn't really matter to me. 
the fact that Londero is is uh, still in a final that encourages me even more in that section of the Beiro in the quarters could be tough but I feel like Navone on current form he came very close to winning these types of um, events last year of course where he, where he kept running into Francisco Comesaña but I feel like on current form he should he should be beating Comesaña and everybody else in this draw really um, yeah, and that's going to be it for today. Um, thank you guys for listening all the way until the end. We're going to be back in a week to, uh, well, first we're going to, well, maybe not first, but we're definitely going to get back to the draft pick unless there are actually still qualifiers in the second week of Wimbledon. It's happened to us in the past. I think US Open 2021 was that one slam where we had like three qualifiers still alive when we tried to review the draft pick game. Crazy crop with like Pandesanshoop in there um, and Boyovchik and, and Ote maybe as well. Laxonen did Laxonen went deep. Um, some of these guys, yeah. Um, so so they they gave us quite a lot of points. I think we ended up at like 100, whereas usually it's more about 30, 40, 50. And um, yeah, if in any case, of course, we're going to get back to it at some point, um, either in one week or in two weeks. But in de- definitely in seven days, we're going to be talking about the events of the ATP Challenger Tour during the first week of Wimbledon, which is Karlsruhe, Milan, Troyes, Santa Fe, and uh, Bloomfield Hills, the American one. So uh, yeah, we'll see you guys there. Bye.